Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Lane Cooper, president of Cooper Design Build in Portland, Oregon. Price is as much a process as design. Setting our clients up for a successful pricing process is critical to moving a large remodeling project forward through design and into construction. Lane is here to share his pricing process and we'll hear all about it in just a minute. 60% of the time, it works every time. What are you people, on dope? Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Well, hello. Hi there. How are you? Excellent. Man, I'm looking forward to this episode. You know, I got, I asked Lane to do this because we had such good discussions at his Nova Roundtable group meeting, and he was, he just had such great input for the rest of the people that I just said, I got to have you on here to talk about this. Yeah, it was was great. (laughs) I'm very excited about this episode. You know, I think that people probably know that when I show up at a roundtable meeting, at least two of them are going to ask to be podcast (laughs) guests. (laughs) I got a lot of good ones to pick from and Lane's one of the best. Yeah, that was good. So uh, let me, let's get started, shall we? Please. All right. Lane Cooper is a president and founder of Cooper Design Build in Portland, Oregon. He's a member of the Roundtable, the Nova Roundtables group, and he develops large scale remodeling and addition projects. Uh, Lane, thanks for being here. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, guys. And a little intimidated, to be honest. <laughs> nah, just a conversation, right? <laughs> exactly. And as we were just talking about, we're getting to look at a screensaver picture of your brand new offices in Portland, and they're uh, stunning. Well, thank you. Yeah, we're super excited about it. It's it's been a game changer for my team, uh, and how we've been able to integrate all of our uh, design and construction team together, uh, and also bring all of our products, having everything together in one place now. So we're super excited about it. Now, before you had this new office, before we get into the real topic, before you, before that, how were you organized? Did you just have a smaller space, or? Well, we ended up having, it's, it's a little bit of a story, but I'll be quick about it. We had a, a wonderful little bungalow several years ago that we had to sell. And we ended up moving into this really ugly B-class uh, space for a while, thinking it was uh, going to be short term. Then COVID hit. We sat there for a long time. Uh, uh, so we were looking for the right space. You know, it's like that always thing, find, finding the right thing for, for the team. And so it took about five years to get this. So we just can't tell you how excited we are to be here. Oh, that's great. Good, good, good. So, okay. So let's talk about why price is a process. Well, in large projects, as you can imagine, they're just incredibly complex, right? Because they're big mm-hmm. and they have a lot of things that go on with them. There are so many issues that entangle uh, with engineering and uh, code restrictions and Utility integration. That's before we even talk about, you know, uh, integrating this beautiful new remodel we're going to do into this existing home. So there's so much complexity to it. You really can't uh, do one without the other. Really, pricing is a process that goes along with design hand in hand. And, and you are design build, so you have a staff that's doing all the design for you. And would you define, in your world, what is a large project? Yeah, so a large project might be a whole house remodel, or we're taking a floor off of a house and adding a floor to it. You might be adding a big addition to it. So it's complex. It has all the phases of construction that come along with doing something very large. You might be moving a staircase inside the middle of a home. So it becomes very complex with both engineering and design 
uh, materials, all those things. And the projects may be, you know, in the Portland area, you might define them in a budget between a half a million to a million and a half, depending upon the size of the project. So when you're 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 getting ready to sell a project and you're doing going through the whole design process, so you're pricing many many times throughout, pretty constantly, right? We are. We have a process that we learned. So you know, back when we were smaller, if you can imagine, and we were we were a small place when we first came to RA, you know, we were pretty small, and yet we were doing large projects, and so they were really risky for us, right? So yeah. It rolled through all the way through. It might be twenty five to thirty percent of our budget back in the day. Um, and so we really focused on how can we take some of the risk out for our company and take take a lot of the risk out for the client, right? So as you know, homeowners have they're excited about the project, but they have all these concerns, right? They're wondering about is it going to come out the way I want it to come out? You know, is it going to uh, how much is it going to disrupt my life? What's it going to happen uh, with the cost of it? You know, all these things are running around in people's heads, and we've got to figure out how to make it go from A to B, right? Right. It's, it's so important to our, us and our resources are limited. We only have so much time in the day to do projects. We've got to make sure it's actually going to come to fruition. You know, people come to us because we're design and build, not just design. Yeah, no kidding. So, I mean, and I, I love the whole design build um, concept. You know, that's if I was a remodeler, that's exactly what I'd be doing. Can you walk us through your process a little bit? Because it's I mean, there's so many stop and go moments in a design build process, right? Because you're working with them on steps and stages. And so what is your process? Yeah, I'm super passionate about this uh, topic, you know, in terms of moving people through, you know, it's such a um, honor, really, when you think about it, that we get to go into people's houses and they trust us to, be, to tear their home apart and rebuild it, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a situation there. So we want to make sure that we have a process that doesn't just design something and then all of a sudden can't uh, they, the client can't afford it or don't want to invest in it. Right? Uh-huh. So, you know, one of the things that we did a while ago that was super important to us and was a game changer, we changed the concept of the design agreement. And we broke it down into two pieces. Uh, we have what we call a feasibility study. Uh-huh. And, you know, like large problems, I, I, large remodels are large problems. We break it down into smaller and smaller bit bites. They're more digestible for our clients. And so we took a lot, a lot of the risk for them by talking about and educating them on the process. And we do what's called a feasibility study, where we're taking just the first part of the design, right? So we're doing the concept of the design. Um, and we, we do that at a, at a fixed price. So the client knows that we're going to come in and do this work. Uh, it's going to be a scope of work that they help us develop. And we're only going to run it through the floor plans and elevations. And they get it when we say this to them because they recognize that we can't give them a price until we have a design, right? Okay. And they need to be able to quantify it to make it real, right? And so when we connect those dots, it's like a light bulb goes off for our clients. Um, and so we call it a feasibility study because we guarantee the design. We won't do a project. We don't think we can design it. Uh, and we fix price that agreement to say, hey, you're going to put a little bit of money into this uh, to figure out whether or not. Uh, you want to invest this kind of money into this project. So that's the first thing. It was a big game changer when we changed the, the narrative from being a design agreement to a feasibility study. So just go over again. So what are the deliverables if they sign up for the feasibility study that you, they pay a flat fee for? Yeah. So the first thing we do, I think it's important to talk about is our pre-sale. We, we don't talk enough about the pre-sale before we actually get into feasibility. So what we do is we walk into a home, we pre-qualify it, obviously, with the things that are for our who and our sweet part projects. We go in there, we're, we're 
pre-qualifying it. We'll walk through the project with the homeowner. We'll design stuff right there. Uh, we'll give to them. It's super important to our process is to give some design ideas right there and then. Okay, great. And we're going to talk about how we're going to process um, the steps from design and, and pricing all the way through. So we have three steps. We have the feasibility study, the pre-construction, construction. Okay. In that first initial meeting, what's so critical is that we break it down and ask our clients uh, what their A priorities are and what their B priorities are. It's super important because if we can do this, we can we can then uh, focus on the feasibility study on their A priorities only, which reduces ah, the cost of going in. Right. Okay, so we do that. And what we're going to do is we, we talk about that. And then what we talk to them about is, you know, uh, taking that information. And one of the critical things we do is we ask them what their investment level is going to be in the project. Right. Inevitably, as you will know, uh-huh. uh, it's always going to be lower, most likely, than what they, uh, it, it really is going to cost. We avoid trying to give them any kind of numbers up front in this very initial meeting. We tell them we need to put all this information together, uh, do a feasibility study. And what we do is we take that information back. We we look, we take photographs, we understand their investment level, we look for the unusual in the project, we take that back to our office. We have some models that we use to calculate what we think the ballpark pricing might be. Then we invite them to uh, what we call our Zoom meeting presentation. This has been a game changer uh, for us because we're able to take them from the initial meeting to a Zoom call where we present our feasibility study, which basically has the as-built that we're going to do for them. So we give them deliverables, what you asked about, the as-built. Then we're going to talk about the design um, uh, drawings, like the floor plans, elevations, and site plans that we're going to do high level. Um, and then we give them uh, a, a fixed price for that, that um, uh, feasibility study. And what the, what's powerful in this Zoom meeting is that we present that to them. We're able to talk to them about what we think the cost of this project really is going to be now that we've had some time to research and think about it uh, as a ballpark. And then we're going to walk through the entire process with them on our, our process with them on a Zoom call where we go through a an example project. We show them what asphalt drawings look like. We show them what our design drawings look like. We show them what our pre-construction contracts look like. We show them our uh, management tool. We use co-construct. So we have our management tool. We show them all of that. We go right through the whole process. So they really get a solid understanding of what our process is and the drawings are going to get and what the cost is going to be. So we're building trust and they're going to invest in a first time uh, cost, you know, um, which might be something around, you know, we typically charge about six to 8% total for design overall. And the cost of the, the feasibility study might only be about one or 2%. Okay. So people get it right away. They get it right away because they say, okay, if I'm going to understand what my project is going to cost, I now can say for you know, this small fee, they get all these drawings. We guarantee uh, the design and they own everything that we do. So we have no, they have no obligation to move forward with us at this stage. Okay. So, okay, that's pretty interesting. I love the fact that you're showing them examples of everything they're going to receive. I don't know that that many people, that many remodelers do that step. And, you know, I think that sometimes they'll fall into that. Well, you know, you're so familiar with it. You think everybody's familiar with it, you know, but most homeowners don't know what an as-built looks like or or any of that stuff. So it's really helpful. And then to to with co-construct, do you find that, you know, your projects are lasting some months, right? 
So do you find that that has helped you get your clients engaged in the process of using Co-Construct as a communication tool? Yes, we don't invite them into uh, using Co-Construct until we make it to the second agreement because it's complex. Right. right? What we're trying to do with that first thing is take the risk out of it for the homeowner and for us. So we do a feasibility study, we we do the as-builds, we do the quick drawing, and then we're able to, because we have this, the other thing that we're doing during the feasibility study is we do an hour-long conversation, I'll call it an hour, where we walk through all the materials. So we ask them to bring photographs. Uh, we have this whole thing that we do with Pinterest and House where they can bring all the images. So we can really understand what the client is looking for in terms of their you know, design effects, right? right. We can quantify those into allowance items. So what they get at the end of the feasibility study is this um, uh, phased estimate with allowances for what we believe that they want for their products and a design. We're able to quantify that, which puts us in a great position to tell them at that point, when we get all that done, uh, we give them a pre-construction agreement uh, with a price. uh, And we talk about the contingencies around that price. So the price is an allowance-based price Uh at this stage, but it's pretty accurate. We have all these things we can quantify. And then we talk about a 10 to 15% contingency moving into pre-construction. Now we call pre-construction that because we're going to build. And that pre-construction is where they commit to us to build with us. And we ask uh-huh. them for some non-refundable money down at this point. This is where you know rubber hits the road. Uh-huh. This is really some money. Um, but we now know and we can the client agrees to that at this stage we're going to do um uh, this project for this price with a contingency of 10 to 15%. Um, and then what happens, which is really powerful for us, is we um, we talk about breaking down the equation of that price as we move forward. And so one of the things that we do is we say, okay, you know, we have this price, and now we're going to move into pre-construction, and we're going to design develop, we're going to go through engineering, we're going to go through utility walkthrough, we're going to go through taking the allowances to fixed price agreements, right? Uh-huh. We have this thing called an allowance log. And right now, what we talk to the client about is that this is all allowance-based, right? With yep. the contingency. Yeah. And so it's been really powerful for us to, to connect with our clients that way so they understand that they're uh, moving forward with us in price and they are controlling the price a lot as much as we are at that stage. So describe what does that log, that allowance log look like? What is it physically and, and you know, how do you share it with them? So it's basically just a spreadsheet that we have um, that we place in. And so what happens is the first thing we can do is, as we tell them, now that we have a design, we're going to bring through our plumber, our, our HVAC, and our electrician contractor and walk through this to uh, deep dive into those systems. That's mm-hmm. something we can do really on in the process. And then what we do is we come back and we say, okay, we have this kind of, uh, this is what our experts have told us, and this is how it's going to affect the price. So they, they might come in and tell us we need a few extra things. So then we go and say, okay, well, you know, the price was, uh, let's just say, arbitrary number 300000 and now we know we've got some new um, MEP uh, costs in, and it might adjust the price by $10,000, let's say. So now we have an allowance, additional allowance of cost $310,000, right? Right. So client, we build that up. We get through the engineering, we do the same thing again. We go through, get all the engineering done, we judge that off of our allowances, and then we make corrections. Maybe we had, maybe we'd come back to the client and say, hey, you know, it's going to be a little less money. We, we anticipate a steel beam, it's a wood beam, so now it's going to come down a little bit. Okay. And then we keep doing that with every item that we do. So if we go into doing countertops and we say, well, we had a commit, we had, you know, $15,000 allowance for countertops. 
you've picked up this counter comp and now this counter comp is going to cost uh, 15,000. So there's a credit, right? So gotcha. we're, keeping, we're keeping it as an allowance the entire time. Because what we tell our clients is that at the end of this pre-construction process, we are going to take it to bid with all of our subcontractors. And so what ends up happening is critical to our process is we go through all of this. We then um, have them approve all of the design, design drawings. We have them approve all of the uh, allowance items. And we say, okay, client, we started at 300000 and now we're at 340000 uh-huh. And we say, we're still in contingent, so we are, now we're at 5% contingent. Are you, are you good? Let's sign off on that. And then we go out to bid and we do an entire bid. And then we do a fixed price construction agreement at the end of that. Okay. Wow. Um, All right. That's so what part of that do you think has the biggest effect on the client? What part of it do they just go, you know, their eyes light up and they're like, wow. Or, is, there, is there anything specific? It's the entire thought process. The transparency of the process is what lights them up because they're scared. I mean, you know, they're scared about how is this going to go? Am I going to be taken advantage of? Is the price going to get out of control? How am I going to make sure that this is going to, you know, be what I want for the price that I can afford? Right. And so breaking it down into smaller pieces, like the feasibility study, then the pre-construction and walking those through the, the, those steps through, they feel in control. In the end, they are because they can they can decide on, um, you know, whether they want to bring in new options, whether they want to change pricing to get the, the investment level down to where they want to. And then we move into fixed price construction. They they are uh, in control of what has happened, and they've been a partner with us all the way through. Now, do you find that there are some projects and some clients that are a better fit for you than others? And how do you know? What do you look for? Yes, it, it's it's a critical to our process, right? Because we want to win, and we want that client to win. Um, like any good business, uh, we have spent our time really focusing on who who is our who. And what are our sweet spots? You know, RA has helped us immensely to understanding about what, where would we make the most money and what projects do we uh, do best at, right? And mm-hmm. so we have a process in which we go through and uh, determine who our client is, um, you know, and what they, what they uh, are, how we connect with them, right? So we want clients that are good natured, that, that uh, are affluent homeowners in, uh, upper end ne- neighborhoods that are good decision makers. So we've made that we've made that decision. So when we go into our initial meeting, we are looking to see whether or not these clients are in good nature. Are they worried? Are they are they are they you know control freaks? You know all those things. Kind of <laughs> right. Uh-huh. So we try to assess that. It's not a perfect science, but it really helps us to see that. And we're also then uh, assessing their their project. Is is that project going to fit our criteria for what we call a sweet spot project? So that's mm-hmm. the very first thing we do before we ever go there. Okay, very cool. So with this allowance log, is, is that a major tool to help you avoid scope creep and and price expectations of the client? It is. And so again, you know, what we've learned is that, you know, price in, in our market for what we, we serve, price is a concern. I think price is a concern for everyone, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a concern to our, our clientele. Uh, and so we, in doing our pricing model that we're doing, uh, by adding that, that uh, allowance log, it helps our clients see how their decisions right. are affecting the price, right? So one of the things that I sort of glossed over earlier, as I said in our initial meeting, talking about our A priorities versus our B priorities. Right. And the way that we talk about that with our client in our first initial meetings is, I won't do this project unless X happens, right? So we we, yeah. act, we ask them over and over, like, okay, 
you know, because I know when I go to a meeting, uh, the client is or the homeowner is talking about all kinds of great, wonderful things they want to do. And I'm thinking about the price. Yeah, right. <laughs> the investment level. And I go, wow, that's really, you know, there's a huge disparity here. So let's break this down. You know, let's just let's concentrate in the feasibility study on your A priorities, but let's log all your B priorities. So that when we go into pre-construction, we then price out their B B priorities to see whether they can fit it into their investment level they want to spend. I see it. Okay. It's, it, it's a great way for us to upsell as well, right? Oh, so I would think. Business and we can upsell on all kinds of things. I don't know about you when you buy things, uh, but I know when I buy things, I'm like, I'm really concerned about my budget. And then when I make that commitment, I'm in. Now, my sort of my, I, oh, my, I open myself up to many, many more decisions. And it seems like my budget always gets blown because I make decisions that I want. So yeah. I want this, and I want this, you know. And so mm-hmm. that's when we um, uh, add that to the B priorities. Uh, or the little things that people might want, you know, that are additional to uh, their base of their project. I think that would be immensely powerful to be able to see basically in real time what your decisions, the effect that your decisions are having on that. You know, so when you're when you have this allowance log, do you put it in co-construct and let them look at it there and you're both working on it there? Or do you, is it a separate outside of that management tool? It's not, CocoStruck doesn't have a way to do that. So it's outside of it. We use a Google okay. Doc or Excel spreadsheet. It's very mm-hmm. simple. It's nothing, you know, mm-hmm. we keep things very simple for our clients to be able to read. And we use it as a tool. So it's not something that is hidden. It's, it's something we just talk about. We Every time there's a new price that comes up, we put it in there. And we make sure to, to, to uh, clarify that this is just an allowance, right? We want to make sure that the client understands that this is probably all the way through that we're adding allowances, that there's still a contingency. Because as we know, especially in this inflationary market, we don't always know exactly what the cost is going to be until we go to market, right? Until we actually That's right. get out the end of the process. Yes. So we're trying, yes. To take, we're trying to take the risk out all the time. So the, the small decision. Okay. That's great. Lane, is it just you that's out there doing this or do you have other people? Do you have salespeople or? Yes, I have salespeople. I have a uh, uh, one design salesperson, we're bringing another one on. And so we're, we've trained them to do this as well. Gotcha. Uh, and it's been perspective for them. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I like that. Lane, this has been great. Thank you so much. I think it's time for us to go into our process of lightning round questions. What do you think? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and now here's the Remodeler's Advantage lightning round. It's a trap. Great. We're going to put 60 seconds on the clock. What is your favorite okay. business book and why? I read all the time. And one of my favorite books right now is The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Mm-hmm. And why? Because it's an amazing way of bringing teams together to understand why they're dysfunctional sometimes. It talks about how to develop trust and to go into healthy conflict, uh, how to get big, real commitments that go into accountability to create results. Mm-hmm. And as we're growing our businesses, we have to be able to build really good teams. Yeah. Yeah. If you weren't a remodeler, what do you think you'd be doing? I love uh, business consulting um, and talking to other businesses about how I can improve their businesses. Uh, and if I wasn't doing that, uh, I would love to be an adventure traveler. Ah. <laughs> what are you not very good at? I am not good at any sport with a ball. <laughs> <laughs> don't all sports? Oh, I guess there are sports that don't have balls, but it seems like I'm most runner, of them do. I'm a runner or biker, but I can't shoot a basketball or throw a football and save my life. <laughs> your room, your desk, or your car, which would you clean first? No doubt my room. 
<laughs> Do you put on both socks, then your shoes, or sock, shoe, sock, shoe? Wow, that's a question I don't know. I think I put on my sock, but both socks on and both shoes on. In one word, describe your high school self. Nerdy introvert. <laughs> find that hard to believe, but okay. <laughs> Lane, thank you so much for sharing your process with us. You know, I really find it fascinating and it seems like it works so well for you, you know, which is just marvelous. So thank you for sharing with us and our listening Absolutely. audience. Now, before I let you go, though, um, would you please share your five words of wisdom with our listening audience and tell us why they resonate with you? Sure. Be humble, hungry, and connect. Uh, I believe that we uh, that I need to not focus on myself and focus on everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I need to be excited and hungry for everything that's out there in this world. It's super important. It creates passion. It creates motivation and everything else. And I believe in connecting with everyone uh, out there and, and bringing the good to what good I have to everyone else. That is wonderful. I like those a lot. Thank you so much. So, Lane, if somebody wanted to look at your company and your website, what would you, that's okay with you? Of course. And what's your website? www.cooperdesignbuild.com. Cooperdesignbuild.com. Okay, great. Good. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate the time today. It was such an honor. Thanks, Lane. You know, when I heard Lane talking about this process at his roundtable meeting, I just found it fascinating. I mean, it seems like it's so pulled together. He's very passionate about it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very clear that he has taken this bull by the horns and right. decided to figure out the way to make it yeah. a, a tight, perfect process to get people to work through it. Right. And address all the concerns and anxieties and issues that, that homeowners are going to have. I love how he said that, you know, it's it's a, a privilege. It's an honor mm-hmm. to 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 be invited into someone's home and to be considered for such a a major life changing event. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. that having that humble attitude walking mm-hmm. in, I think, helps as well, mm-hmm. which is which was really nice. You know, Lane's a really a personification of what I say often that the remodelers are the nicest people. I mean, he's yeah. such a nice guy that. You can just see how he would exude that to his client. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I love how you get out with Lane. <laughs> it was good. And I love the A and B priorities. Yes. Which is also a good way to kind of keep that budget in, mm-hmm. in tow mm-hmm. so that people can um, not get that sticker shock kind of right. thing because they're just throwing everything at it. Oh, I'd love to have this. I'd love to have that. And you're pricing it out and putting it all in there. And then next thing you know, um, so it, it's a really good process. I think a lot of people should should consider adopting a variation of that for themselves. Yep, I agree. That was awesome. Well, we want to thank Lane uh, all the way over in Portland, Oregon, to take the time to share his uh, sales pricing process with us. And we want to thank you for listening week in and week out. I'm Mark Harari. And I'm Victoria Downing. See you next time. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the Remodeler's Guide to Business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.